Hello, and welcome to the Material Goods Podcast. This is a show about sewing, quilting, fabric, materials, and celebrating the joy of making. In each episode, we'll interview our guests about what they're working on, what they're excited about, and how they find meaning in the traditions of working with textiles. I'm your host, Rihanna Elise. Welcome to the podcast. So in this episode, I just wanted to introduce myself and tell you a little bit about me and why I'm doing this. Um, so my name is Rianne Minardi Morrison, and you know you may know me better as Rianne Elise from Instagram or online. Um, I'm a modern quilter, and I'll get to that in a little bit, how I kind of started my sewing and quilting journey. But I currently write patterns for modern quilters, and I self-published a book called Inheritance of my own Um, patterns, work, techniques, uh, back in 2018. So almost all of my quilts that I make are quilted by hand, made with sort of um, heavy fabrics like linen blends, wovens, sometimes canvas. Uh, I love simplicity and texture, and I want all of my work to have a really timeless appeal. Earlier this year, I also started a little online sewing shop called Material Goods, which is where I curate materials tools, notions, etc. for the modern sewist. And I like to think of it as sort of a celebration of the art of making things by hand. Uh, And I only share what I truly love and use myself in that shop. So I also knew when I started Material Goods that I wanted to have an editorial component, whether it was through a blog, a magazine, or a podcast. And my background is actually in journalism. So I'm a trained writer And I've always been drawn to telling stories, (laughs) storytelling. Um, My absolute favorite part, though, is not necessarily the writing. Uh, It's actually the beginning part where I get to interview somebody who really inspires me and learn what makes them tick. So after a really good interview, sometimes I like to think of it as like a runner's high almost. Uh, Oftentimes I come away so inspired, having learned so much, and I really love that deep connection that comes with a long-form interview. So hence, this podcast, I really uh, am excited about this medium and just the opportunity to interview people who inspire me. Um, And like Material Goods, I want to use this platform a little bit selfishly uh, just to interview people who I really look up to and who inspire me with their work. Um, But I hope that you will also be inspired along with me as we get to know some wonderful people in the sewing, quilting, and textile world. So as for my sewing story, I have been sewing and quilting for about 10 years now. Uh, I learned to quilt with my grandmother back when I was 21, and it's kind of funny because when I was younger, I resisted everything that was girly. I did not want to sew. I didn't want to wear or have anything pink in my life. (laughs) Um, I really resisted the domestic arts, and so it's just hilarious to me that I have ended up, you know, making my career in them. But uh, yeah, so it was it was late later in life when I learned to sew. Uh, I had just graduated from college with my fancy journalism degree. Uh, I had big dreams to move to New York from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I wanted to become a magazine professional and jumpstart my new bright and shiny career in media. Um, but unfortunately, the universe had other plans. <laughs> the I was working for a magazine at the time as an apprentice, uh, part of my my school program. Uh, it was called Ready Made, and if I, there's any Ready Made fans, readers in the 
audience listening today, please let me know because I always feel just like we're a big family, that little ready-made family. But uh, it was a beautiful magazine about design, handcraft, uh, DIY culture, making things from upcycled materials and, uh, you know, really beautiful, well-designed things as well. So unfortunately, two weeks after I graduated when I was working there, they decided to shut down ready-made and it was a huge blow to me. It was sort of my in into the magazine world. I was going to continue working with them and move up, you know, in the ranks. Um, but I suddenly found myself sort of without a job and without really any uh, ideas of what to do next. So it was 2011 when that happened and the country was still sort of recovering from the financial crisis So I was entering the workforce competing for a very limited number of media jobs against professionals who had tons more experience than me. So I kind of had to pivot. (laughs) So I was working on applying and interviewing for jobs during the days. And at the time I was living out of my grandparents' house uh, while I waited for the right job to come along so I could, you know, get my own apartment and get myself on my own two feet So during the evenings in the downtime, I would ask my grandmother to teach me how to sew. And my idea was that as a broke right out of college kid, I would use these new skills to shop for Goodwill clothing, tailor it, alter it to be fashionable and to fit me. And uh, I wanted to sort of make my own clothes. So she sort of laughed at that and she said, well, why don't we start with something easier? Why don't we make a quilt? Um, you just have to sew straight lines and it's, you know, not as much sewing. You can, you can learn how to use the machine by making a quilt. So she bought me a pattern. She took me to her favorite quilt store and sort of showed me off to all of her (laughs) quilting friends. And we went down to her basement where she had a sewing studio with walls, you know, filled with scrap bins and a pool table that had a big piece of painted wood over it that she used as a sewing surface. So she would let me have free reign over all of the scraps. She taught me how to read the pattern. Um, She taught me how to use the machine to piece my blocks, to assemble my rows, uh, make a quilt top. And then at the end, she helped me baste all the layers together, putting the backing together and the, um, the batting and the quilt top. And this thing was pretty big. It was a queen size quilt, very scrappy. Uh, it had my little beginner seams, which were pressed, you know, every which way and not very neat and tidy. So it was bulky, uneven. My seams weren't necessarily straight, but it was a really fun project to work on together with her. And when the time came to quilt it, she came to me and she said, Rianne, you will actually love this quilt so much better if you hand quilt it. And I kind of (laughs) stopped and stared at her for a second and I was like, I don't know, this is huge. I don't know if I can do that. And she's like, no, no, it's easy, it's fine. So she showed me, uh, she took a regular quilting needle, a very, you know, fine length of thread, (laughs) traditional hand quilting thread. And she uh, showed me how to rock the needle, which if you're a quilter, you'll, you'll know It's just sort of weaving the needle very carefully in and out through all the layers of fabric and using one of your fingers, your index finger, your ring finger to sort of guide the needle. And somehow her stitches were absolutely perfect. They were, you know, tiny. They had the same amount of distance between every single stitch. And I was just like, this looks impossible. So I took it from her. I took the needle and thread and tried and 
it was so awkward. <laughs> My hands seemed way too big for this little needle, needle and thread. I could not get that rocking motion down and it just felt like absolute torture. So <laughs> I sort of like stumbled my way through my first few quilts. She left me to sort of practice on my own. And um, every once in a while, I'd pick up the quilts, the needle and thread and try to do exactly what she had done with, you know, no, no progress. I did not get good at it for a long time. And I would say I'm still not great with it, with that size of needle and thread. But it was, um, it was a really great process to do that with her. And during the course of making that quilt, a lot of other things in my life sort of came together in a way that, you know, you look back and you see this metaphor sort of unfolding around you. Um, but by the end of this process, when we were quilting this quilt together, I had found a new job. I had a new boyfriend who would later become my husband. And uh, my life was starting to sort of come back on track after a summer full of uncertainty so making that quilt felt like a journey that really mirrored the rest of my life. And it became a really significant part of my life in that transition between college and becoming an adult in the real world. So I, I like that. I like to tell that story as just, you know, how quilting, how sewing can really become uh, a meaningful experience in our life. And I know a lot of other people have quilted throughout hardships, have learned to quilt from somebody that they love. Um, it's a cherished memory uh, or it got you through something hard. And I just find that really fascinating about quilting. So that particular quilt that I made with my grandma, I actually had put away for a little while while I was sort of diving headfirst into my new life as a young professional um, setting my sights on the marketing world. And it was kind of interesting because I actually managed to find a job within the craft and hobby industry. Uh, I was working for a company that was a startup and it was trying to become a competitor to Etsy, uh, sort of a handmade marketplace. And it really exposed me to a lot of new makers, um, a lot of people in different disciplines, uh, including other forms of quilting. And I discovered modern quilting during this time. And when that came into my life, I was absolutely hooked. So I drug my, uh, my quilting materials back out the few that I had, you know, grabbed from my grandma's house that she let me keep. Um, I bought myself a kit to make a modern quilt. I bought myself a new $200 sewing machine, which I thought was so awesome at the time. Uh, and I started sewing a little bit again. And I was, you know, lucky to be in this industry with a lot of interesting people around me. And somebody suggested that I try this big stitch hand quilting, which was sort of new and very interesting. It was new to me at the time. And when I tried that, uh, I, it was like a light bulb kind of turned on for me. Uh, the larger needle and the thicker thread felt really natural in my hands instead of the small needle and thread that my grandmother had given to me. And it allowed me to uh, also make new designs in the quilting and really make that sort of the star of the show and create new texture. And I really absolutely could not get enough uh, of this technique and quilting by hand. And so what started as <laughs> something I absolutely hated, hand quilting, uh, it became my favorite pastime, my favorite, you know, thing to do at night. And to this day, I really, um, I still finish almost all of my quilts by hand using the same techniques. And it's sort of my, my specialty. So it's gotten me a lot of opportunities. I, like I said, today I'm a published author. I teach uh, and speak at shows and guilds. 
I've been able to travel uh, to a few places around the world to speak and teach, and I self-published my own book, Inheritance, which I hope, I think, has inspired other quilters to try modern hand quilting and make it their own. Uh, I also, I, like I said, I do write, I write patterns for the modern maker. Uh, I share my favorite tools and materials at Material Goods, and it's just opened up so many doors, and I'm, I feel so lucky to be able to live and work in this industry. So this podcast, uh, all that to say, this podcast, as we begin on this journey, is really dedicated to um, this community of makers who, like me, have found such a passion and fulfillment in quilting, in sewing, in the art of making things by hand. Um, it's sort of for those of us who believe in slow living, uh, in celebrating handcraft, and using the knowledge and skills passed down from prior generations to bring meaning into our lives, into the everyday. Uh, it's for those of us who are thoughtfully creating a life filled with meaning. So I hope you find inspiration from the guests who will be featured on this podcast, and I hope you get a glimpse into the world of some of the makers I admire. Uh, in each episode, we'll talk about what they're working on or what they're excited about, as well as how they find and cultivate meaning, meaning in sewing. And each guest will also be asked to curate a special bundle of goods from the Material Goods Shop as their own personal edit. So I hope you will be able to try out some of the things that they love to use and maybe try a few new techniques or um, materials or tools or goods as well. So I'm super excited to see how this podcast evolves over time, um, how this community grows and changes, and how sewing and handcraft come back into the world in this fast-paced digital life that surrounds us most of the time. I believe there's still so much we can learn from the traditions of sewing and making, and I believe it really teaches us to slow down, to celebrate and explore our own creativity, and to connect with people over a craft that's been passed down um, for generations and has connected so many people over the years uh, around the world. That's really what keeps me coming back time and again. Uh, is this connection. And that's what gets me really excited for the future. So uh, as we embark on this journey, I just wanted to say thank you for being here and for listening. And um, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Join us on the next episode of the Material Goods Podcast, found at materialgoods.us or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the meantime, join us on Facebook or Instagram at Material Goods or shop online at materialgoods.us.